0: Welcome to The Wonderful World of Dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com.
1: Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from the wonderful world of dance, and today I am so thrilled to introduce Birmingham Royal Ballet first artist and choreographer Ruth Brill. Ruth is actually about to leave the Birmingham Royal Ballet to concentrate on her choreography full time, and is taking her last curtain call as a dancer at the end of this month at Sadler's Wells. Ruth has been very busy. She's also taken up the role of interim artistic director and choreographer for the National Youth Ballet, and so. Let's find out all about the future of this wonderful dancer and creator. Hi, Ruth. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know that you're down here in London with the Birmingham Royal Ballet, and as you've got a piece that you've choreographed for them, but also you're in a cafe at the moment um, between rehearsals and things I hear.
0: Yes, it was a very, very busy and big week for me. Um, yes, my new production for Birmingham Royal Ballet, Peter and the Wolf, um, was on at Sadler's Wells uh, the last few nights. Um, so we've kind of the last show of that last night, which was obviously a huge high and really exciting. And then, yes, I'm kind of in transit between moving over so to the speed, doing my last performances as a dancer in Hobson's Choice, at the end of the week so all go but we've managed to find a moment to connect so <laughs> yeah i'm
1: so i'm so grateful i saw uh Birmingham royal ballet's triple bill the other night and i'm coming to see um hobson's choice uh on saturday so i'm looking forward to both of those so, lots to talk about but before we sort of talk about your choreography let's just um for those who um perhaps um don't know too much about your background you trained um originally with the tring park school for performing arts and then went on to the english national ballet school um and even back in those days you were sort of quite interested in choreography tell us about that time um in your life and how you ended up with a, a an early interest in creating your own work
0: so I began dancing probably because my parents wanted to wear out, <laughs> wear me out slightly and kind of use up some of my energy so I just went to a local ballet school, I'm from Kent and I went to the Judith Wilson School of Dance in the village hall in, in the local village um, and it all began there really and right from the word go we'd alternate um, between doing a school show and a choreographic competition. Um, so every other year and the year in between, I was, you know, kind of spending time going through finding music, deciding with my friends what we were going to create. Um, so I think, yeah, it was instilled from a very young age. Um, I then went to grammar school in Kent um, stayed as a normal person, as it were, for um, quite a while and didn't go into full time dance training um, until I was 15 um, but because I was just dancing after school and at the weekends, things like London Children's Ballet, National Youth Ballet, mm-hmm. Shekheti Associates, all those associate programs and different classes were so crucial um, in my development. Um, so, yeah, a really key, key part um, to being on stage and developing my skills as an artist and being in a company. So, um, yes, yeah, then at 15, I went to Twin Park School for Performing Arts. I did three A-levels there, biology and dance and obviously focused in really on 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 the ballet and actually on all round dance singing dancing everything um which was a really inspiring time suddenly being surrounded by like-minded people that all were kind of creative and and um passionate about performing arts
1: that sounds like quite a a busy time, even from your early stages. But you also won a choreo- choreographic award, even back in those early early days.
0: Yeah, so it's funny when I was at string. Obviously, I was I was you know kind of had this like mindset like i want to be a dancer i want to make it as a ballet dancer um or i think actually the formative time was acting. when i went there i didn't know whether it would be kind of musical theater route or more contemporary i really just wanted to keep doing it all but by the end i i knew that i really wanted to go for the ballet and also that that has to be the one that you go for first Um, but yeah so they have cups competitions at the end of every year and it's so important to you when you're there Mm. Um, and I was so missed that I didn't win the ballet cup but actually (laughs) in hindsight maybe again it was a kind of sign very early on that that choreography was was something there that was a spark that you know obviously would later develop Um, but yeah always if there's been a choreographic opportunity Mm -hmm. I've gone for it Um, and I think there's a huge um importance in that kind of willingness um and and also I haven't been scared to take an opportunity mm-hmm. and go for it um and I and that's kind of been my approach all the way through with with choreography and and I think that that is how you learn and that's how you grow but you have to have that kind of desire and and get over that fear of failing or whatever mm. and just just going out there and, and making something and, and, and showing what you can do and having, it, having a go. So, uh, yeah, it began there, I guess.
1: It sounds like you're very fearless, which is often, um, you know, quite a trait for a a dancer because it's so obviously Mm. challenging. Um, And you you graduated and joined the English National Ballet, which is obviously an amazing uh, company where you were there for five years. Um, Tell us about that experience of dancing with the company. Mm.
0: So after, after I was at Turing I moved on, I was invited to go to English National Ballet School um, and Anthony Dowson was a huge part in that journey. Um, so I went and I went straight into the second year and there really refined the, the classical ballet technique and, and that side of things. And, you know, that was when I really knew that this was what I wanted to pursue and, mm. and the dream from that school was to join the National Ballet Company and I was lucky to go and work with the company quite early on as a student and um, so I got to kind of prove myself and jump in when someone was ill or fill in for that person here and basically, yeah, earned my contract that way and then upon graduation I, I went straight into the company in professional Ballet um, and for me that was the dream, yeah. you know, after all that slog, all that pushing, all the catching up I had to do going into full-time training later, you know, many had trained from 11 um, and I think I just felt like I was living the dream. We had such fun. We had some brilliant international tours. It was hard, Mm. hard work, you know, being in a touring company and, you know, kind of pushing out that many shows. But I was was just living the dream and surrounded (laughs) by amazing people. And, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it.
1: I think um people often don't realize how difficult or additionally challenging it is um, working with a touring company because mm. it's so much more in terms of just you know um, your regular company life because you've got to add travel on to it and yeah. different theaters what's that, what was that like for you and
0: again i, I I didn't know any different and I just felt so lucky Mm. to have been given this opportunity and to kind of, to have made it when, you know, there were so many people that don't.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: I just, I just embraced it and, you know, there is something really special um, with touring companies is that you become so close because you spend so much time with these people, you know each other inside out, Mm. you know, you go through tough times where you have to pull together to get each other through Um, but that's, that's something that has carried me through my whole career and actually I've, I've realised now that that really is the root of why I love it so much because it's about people and it's about working together to bring something to fru- fruition um, and yeah so it, it, it was those friendships I think that they pull you through um, and obviously the satisfaction of that moment when you are on stage it kind of makes the slog. Worthwhile, but yeah, the traveling is tiring, and mm. I mean, I've definitely refined the skills of packing a suitcase <laughs> to perfection. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's touring life, it's, yeah. I've been to some incredible places, and some you know, places that you know, I probably won't go back to again, mm. but you know, just. This amazing life experiences
1: as well. And then one of the places you did end up going to, of course, is to the Birmingham Royal Ballet. And for those sort of, you know, listening in around the world who don't really know the UK so much, you've got London down in the southeast, yeah. which everyone knows, and Birmingham is sort of halfway up the country, really, isn't it? Yeah, so slap bang in the centre. And that
0: move to Birmingham Royal Ballet, it really... Came out of nowhere, really. I was enjoying my time at EMB, but I kind of, at that time, I'd done the circus of repertoire mm-hmm. and, you know, was kind of getting itchy feet and promised myself I'd kind of focus on chore- choreographing again. Um, because, yeah, up to that point, when I first joined, I was just wanting to perform and prove myself as a dancer. Um, but through a Shiketi, I'm Shiketi trained right mm-hmm. from the very, very beginning and passionate about that method. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was through a Shiketi gala performance. Um, that I was asked to go and perform, Dora Bella in um, Ashland's Enigma Variations. Mm-hmm. And that piece wasn't in the repertoire of English National Ballet. Um, so I had to go up to BRB, um, up to Birmingham, to rehearse this this solo and this part for this gala performance for the Shiketis Society. So that was, yeah. And I obviously at the time just thought, oh, what a brilliant opportunity to see something else, to, you know get to perform another piece that I haven't done before on stage and you know just went with kind of open eyes and mm. and the minute I walked into the Birmingham wow. Ballet building I just something felt right and something felt different um and had a lovely rehearsal and then yeah it kind of went from there and I was invited to sort of come back and take class as it were and obviously had to decide whether I would really um officially audition and, mm. and try and Go, go for it, and and quite quickly it all, all happened. And before I knew it, my um, partner and I, Simon, we were moving up to Birmingham to to join BRB, and it really uh, has been the best decision of my career so far. Really? Yeah, I I just it it was the right place for me. I was able to flourish. I think having built kind of honed my trade at EMB, hmm. I went to BRB a more confident artist. I knew. I knew what my strengths were. I knew what my weaknesses were. I knew what kind of my package was to sell. And I think that, again, it, it, it was a company where there was repertoire that, you know, some say the business ballets and and a lot of things I hadn't done. A lot of Ashton Macmillan, like different different stuff. And I think BRB um, has enabled me to really develop the characterization side and the acting side of, of, of of what I do, um and I've been fortunate enough to do some really great roles um in the company there. Uh and that was enough in itself and that, mm. you know, I've met some brilliant grounded people and the staff are so wonderful and there's just yes, yeah, home. It feels like home. Um, is- but also on top of all that then came the choreographic stuff, which was to be honest, a bonus and, and you know, the fact that David Brittany really is something there and and been so supportive and given me the opportunities that i've been able to develop and therefore kind of be nurtured through through the company um was all just a bit of a whirlwind and but again something that that i just the opportunity was there so i grabbed it and thought you know someone believes that i can do this or that i have the potential to do this i need to believe i can do this um and then just just go go for it and do it yeah
1: I mean you so at what point um you know after two years you were promoted to to first artist and you say Mm. you've had such an opportunity to dance at the their rep up there but at what point um did you think well actually this or what made you think this is the right time to sort of you know step off the stage and really take this choreographic career and trajectory forward for you full-time mm.
0: so uh, yeah as, as the choreography developed I and mean, I kind of was you know getting an like, opportunity to do different things um obviously it takes up more time so much goes into the preparation before you even get into the studio um which you know I, I you can't underestimate how much goes in you know you begin with nothing and mm. then something is made you know through all the collaborations and everything but there's so much time um, and goes into it and I've had a ridiculously amazing but exhausting year um grabbing every opportunity but also trying to dance still for a mm-hmm. time. um and you know as have just said life in a touring company it's full on you know where you do eight shows a week you do long tours you're back at base, you're changing different repertoire, which is, you know, what I've I've loved. Um, But it's full on, you know, it's a six day a week job. (laughs) It's Mm. a full on thing. So being able to do that and try and also build up the choreography on the side, you know, has been all consuming, amazing, but very, very intense. Um, And I feel also that I'm at a point now where... Thanks to BRB, I have some, you know, I, I have some work under my belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have the confidence to, to, again, kind of push this forward. Um, and I think really something had to give. Mm. Um, I, I'd done as much as I could on the side, and, and, it, and I'm at that tipping point now where it's the right moment, the impetus is there. Um, it's the right moment to jump. So uh, I think yeah, I, mm. I have no doubt in my mind that it is the right moment. And another thing is, you know, David Bintney is, is um, retiring as director from yeah. the company, so it's he's been so crucial in, in my development and I think it really feels like the end of an era mm. there uh,
2: uh, as definitely. well. So,
0: And for me personally, because I still love being on stage, you know, it, it's hard knowing that I am stopping and it's, it's mm. sad and all those mm. sorts of things, but I think there's something that it, it feels because it feels like the end of an era it's a nice moment to kind of put it in a box and and mm. you know have that there and special times and I've loved every second and but it's the right moment now to move on um and also personally that's a huge factor as well i'm getting married this summer ah congratulations just, <laughs> thank you to simon who i've been with for 10 years oh. and you know we've kind of been on this journey together and you know, I think it just need a little bit more balance, and, mm. and and so there's that that side of things too, which is hugely important. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, so freelance life awaits. Um, ah, I'm super yes.
1: excited. <laughs> well, tell us about for those who don't or haven't seen your work yet, or um, tell us about how would or how would you describe, I guess your 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 choreography or your choreographic language for for those who haven't seen it which i know is often hard to describe but
0: yeah funny one this because i kind of hope that each work i make is is kind of different and has its own own feeling or own quirks um that's right for that brief you know Mm -hmm. you kind of have to respond you know peter and the wolf has been so fun so upbeat um, other works have been more serious. I did a piece for a gala at the Palladium, which was for a breast cancer charity called Future Dreams mm-hmm. and that was so poignant and sensitive mm. and and emotional. So in terms of I think naturally I'm more drawn to the upbeat stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but um it is that variety, you know, you kind of like to bounce from thing to thing and that's I, I guess again how you develop. Um in terms of... I, I actually ask my dancers in uh, BRB, you know, what, what would you say is characteristic of my work? Um, I'd like... It's probably... I'd like to say it's quite quite theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because I'm a theatrical being, really. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not completely a ballet bunhead. I mm. had that rounded training, and I, I guess that, that comes through. Um, kind of a bit quirky, probably, Um i would like to think it's musical choreography because um, for me that really is the driving force of everything both as a dancer and as a choreographer like it really all comes from the music and i religiously listen to whatever it is that i'm working to and and really try to respond to like layers and nuance in the music so so that's that's i would say too um and Yeah, so probably I think also my I think my work definitely and you know because I've been working in these you know amazing classical ballet companies is firmly rooted in the classical vocabulary mm -hmm. Um, but I'm excited and very much up for broadening Um, so if a musical opportunity came up to choreograph in kind of a more theatrical genre um, I would really be up for that as well. So yeah, looking to broaden, but at the moment certainly I'm um, very much based in, in classical vocabulary with a bit of a quirk <laughs> was it. So.
1: Yeah, well um, Peter and the Wolf certainly was um <laughs> firmly rooted in the classical, very yeah. theatrical very, um, it, it felt very, very modern, and it was completely unexpected piece of work. <laughs> I have to say, I had no, because I don't, I, I don't like to um, know too much about what I, I'm about to see. I really like to have this first experience and then discover Trash the out. work after. Yeah, discover the work after and and read about it after. And I had no idea what I was going to be seeing, and I was <laughs> I was so shocked, but it was in a really good way because it was right. it the piece was you know Peter and the Wolf um, cross with any type of you know English suburb you know hoodies <laughs> and you know trainers and but then there was some beautiful such beautiful point work and there was such beautiful classical choreography as well with this you know sort of almost like a construction site type, um, you know, urban landscape and this narration, yeah. it was it was so very interesting and so extremely memorable as well. I will remember this piece and, and I think, you. <laughs> you know, it's a piece and I think often that for me is like, you know, will people remember this? Will it make an impact? Yeah. Will, will yeah. I take this away with me for, you know, for time to come? And certainly, yeah. even though it was so much fun, it, it, it was also, it had still quite quite a lot of impact as well i thought yeah. oh, i enjoyed you.
0: it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hooray <laughs> um i think obviously it was it's i mean it's been firstly it's been such a joy it's it's been so much fun and actually a really nice one to finish my time with brb on because just adored working with the dancers in the studio you know those friendships are there we've laughed a lot um and a lot of it has has come through in the choreography i think you know there were things where it was like oh let's explore this and we've kind of developed something hilarious and gone you know what let's keep that in you know Mm. um i think i think what i'm proud of with it because it was a hard brief um in that it was commissioned to make peter and the wolf with peter as a girl um but yet to retain, um, because the proposte of a state, rightfully so, was very protective of this work. So we couldn't change anything in terms of the music, how it works with the narration. Mm -hmm. Um, And every single word in the narration has been, you know, so delicately written um, as to how it overlaps. So that had to remain true. Mm -hmm. Obviously also dealing with something that's very precious to so many people Mm. it's it's so well known people have so many personal memories Mm. of oh I did this or when I was growing up or whatever Mm. um so kind of you know quite a big a big one to carry there and and obviously kind of have to be sensitive to that but then at the same time I really wanted to be brave um Mm. and make it my own and put my own mark on it and also the other part of the brief were one that it was an accessible piece mm. um, both to young and old and mm-hmm. also to ballet fans and not. Um, and I think obviously a huge help of that is the fact that there is narration and mm-hmm. that's been really yeah. interesting for me to work with because it just clarifies everything clearly. Um, but because going back to keeping everything the same, because we had to stay true to the musical narration, the thing we could shift and that i was realized we could do was really push the visual so shifting the setting from in the you know the initial um, pastoral setting of you know a meadow and a pond Mm. and a little granddad's house and a gate and a Mm. (laughs) tree um to an urban one uh so the tree in this version is actually visually a scaffolding tower that's kind of used and because that's when I picked it apart, I realised what was important in this story was that there were different levels, mm. um, which represent the status of, of, of the characters. Um, and that we, if we had something like that to be able to interact with, actually, I had to trust that even though the words say, the bird went up the tree, as long as the character runs up mm. or goes upwards, that actually was what was important. Um, and, yeah, to just trust that the audience will go with what they're seeing. Um, so, kind of playing against the words in a way, but um, yeah, tra- trans- transforming it and seeing it in a new light, in a new way. Yeah, um, most definitely.
1: And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and the audience did go with it. We we did follow mm. the bird and the cat up the tree. It was, you know, very. It was also really interesting to see narration used um, over the top of um, a ballet essentially like the the only other time i've really seen that is when i've gone to you know a kid's performance with my little niece who's four years of of age but actually like you say it is accessible and you still can you know even being you know like a a ballet head or a ballet main or you know you still can really enjoy it even as an adult but you can imagine this being accessible to families and to everyone yeah we
0: did um another version as well for aimed at three to five-year-olds ah. um where we had a live narrator and we kind of you know toned certain things down yeah. and added a couple of little things but you know so again it, it it was also to be an adaptable product that could could move to different stages
2: mm. and again
0: it, you know it is some panels and the scaffolding and a couple of props so it. it easily movable so it, they wanted a, a product that that could be really used in different ways so smaller venues larger venues more toned down particularly for children um kind yeah. of that way or but obviously also my brief was that it would stand up again um to you know establish female um choreographers in an adult program at Sadler's well. so yeah. so a wide brief and actually, going back to the narration, the other source I um, wanted to share was that it's so... I was worried at the beginning because the story moves on. It's so well-written, but mm. it, it moves on and it's so disjointed mm. that I was worried because there isn't really a passage of music that's longer than about 20 seconds, mm. <laughs> really, without any words kind of coming in. Um, I, so I actively decided right at the beginning that I'd use the words and choreographed the words um, mm. and I knew I didn't want to use mine I've been classical ballet mine because mm. I kind of feel that often people don't really know what that means anyway yeah. um and we sort of developed this new gesture um kind of quirky movements that for me um would communicate what was happening what was being said um through through the narration over the top of the narration but also with the music so kind of clicking fingers and kind of punching and gesture, but quite human um, day-to-day gestures um, alongside the kind of more animalistic movements when they're um, representing their animal characters.
1: It's so interesting listening to you talk about the brief because when you watch the, you know, we watch any production and like you say, you, you sit there thinking, well, I wonder what they started with, you know, this blank page. Mm. But in fact, <laughs> the brief that you've just described is so challenging, has so many different facets yeah. to be able to hit yeah. every single one of those. It sounds well. l- like quite quite the challenge and so yeah. tell me like what was the process or what is your normal process you mentioned the music but you know in terms of taking this type of brief or starting from a blank page go and how do you take that process through for you to create a work
0: yeah well as I say often it starts with the music um and then the key direction is comes from the collaborators that you work with so that's what. So amazing about the ballet i've got to work with amazing lighting designers set costume designers you know expert let alone the input from the dancers themselves um so for so people in the world i had a lot of conversations with um the musicians the principal conductor here paul murphy um and you know and, and their advice on how how it needed to work you know because that was the first pre-existing was music um but then, yeah, establishing the visuals. Once we knew how it was going to look, finding Holly Mcnish, who's a spoken word artist and poet, she became the voice um, of the narrator, and I see it as of Peter as well. That was really crucial. Um, and you know, so there's there's all that ha- that happens before you even set foot in the studio and and make any steps at all. Um, so I think. For me, you have to really clarify those things first, make those decisions there. Then I always like to be super prepared with too many ideas, scribbled down, so that then when you're in the studio and you have, you have the dancers there in front of you, you have the ability to make choices and have these these ideas at your fingertips and you can try them and throw them out. So much goes on before you even get into the studio with the dancers and I think once you've refined each of those tracks um, from all the collaborators, you know, what it's going to look like, how it's going to feel, how the music's going to be, all those different elements. I then prepare lots and lots of ideas in, in my notebook and, and kind of turn up always very structured in what I'm hoping to achieve from each session because I think that's important for the dancers to feel like you are making progress every day Um, you know and even if you need to then go back and change things you know that kind of keep going through Um, yeah kind of I would say I probably over prepare outside of the studio so that then when I come into the studio I feel confident and also that confidence grows through experience Mm -hmm. I feel much more um, able to walk into the studio and just play now um, than before he's coming very, very prepared, almost every single step, <laughs> especially when time is tight in the schedule. But now, yeah, to have that freedom to come and play and 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 create in in the moment, uh, I think I think it's, it's it's certainly been the best best way, and um, for me now. But yeah, so that's that's kind of my process. Um, very structured, and yeah, each session, what I'm hoping to achieve, I'm going to work on these eight today or I'm hoping to do that or today we're just gonna play with some ideas and see what we come up with. Um and yeah, and then and then also so much of it is also about project management okay. and meeting deadlines and I think getting the dancers ready and feeling confident before they go to stage. Um, leaving time to clean things and refine things. So I think a lot of it is about managing all the different elements and um kind of see the choreographer as being at the centre of it all and and having to, as I say, coordinate all the other elements, all the other people involved around the edge and, and bringing it so that we're all going ahead with the same vision and the same belief in the work. I think that's such a big part of the job as well.
1: It also sounds like part of, um, you mentioned project management and that sort of leadership and the visionary work. I'm thinking about the role that you're taking up um, as the interim artistic director and choreographer for the National Youth Ballet, which, you know, seems like quite um, a substantive role to be taking on um, at this point. Uh, What sort of drew you to this role? How did this come about? So
0: I don't. With As I mentioned before I danced with youth companies growing up and they were so crucial in my development and again just life experiences that you take with you whether you then go on to become a dancer or not. They're they're so amazing. Um, So I danced with both National Youth Ballet and London Children's Ballet um, in in those years and um, I'm currently restaging a production of Cathy Marston for London Children's Ballet that I danced in when I was 11. Oh. <laughs> um, and Cathy was, um, is very busy at the moment, so she mm-hmm. suggested that maybe I could restage it and kind of bring it, bring a, new, a new, slightly new um, moments to her original production. So that's being performed at the Peacock Theatre next week. So Fantastic. that's kind of one side of things, um, re-choreographing and reworking that. And then on the um, from July to September, so next month, next few months, um, yeah, I, I've, I've accepted this uh, interim role as artistic director for National Youth Ballet. Um, and again, another company that I dance with. We do, uh, they do a, a varied program with lots of different works, different, in what kind of different dance styles and. Again, a really um, inspiring place with with lots of young people, and it really is alumni that we're the ones that are carrying this torch Mm. forward this season. And so I've shared the role with Drew McConey, who's a choreographer, um, he just uh, one thing he just done is he just choreographed King Kong on Broadway, wow. um, Olivier Award winning. He's, you know, mm. he And he was a couple of years above me acting at school. Um, so it's amazing to now be working alongside him and he's been super helpful. And, you know, it's nice to bounce off each other because obviously I've been much more in the ballet, uh, world of things and, and he came through kind of Matthew Bourne and then now he's really working in musical theatre. So, it's, it's really nice to be able to share with, with other people at um, exciting points in their career. Um, and also, Carrie Johnson, who danced with Birmingham Ballet and also all over the world and with Master Ball and different things. And, and so, between the three of us, we're, because um, we've obviously both got other stuff mm. going on too and juggling it with the Um But yeah, so from July to September, I'll be carrying that company. Through, um to their performances in, in uh end of August, September. Um and yeah, and being and having the opportunity to be an artistic director, you know, yeah. is is amazing and to, to develop those skills and really lead, um, obviously with a lot of support and a lot of help, but it's uh, just yeah, a really, really exciting opportunity at this point and um, for me. And again, with London Children's Ballet, you know, leading that company through as as, as choreographer, um, and you know, hopefully more in the future too. So, so yeah, these are really, really um, amazing opportunities for me at this time. I think I don't, you know, want to just um, in my, you know, I want to want to develop my choreography, mm. um, but it's also these leadership skills um, to be able to have be able to develop all of it is. is I mean, it overlaps so much anyway, but it's, yeah, they're amazing opportunities for this point for
1: me, so. Absolutely, I mean, it sounds like you've got such a busy busy schedule to look forward to, even once you (laughs) sort of, you know, take your final curtain call
0: um, later this month, yeah. It's nice to have, you know, again, it sort of confirms that it's the right moment, Mm -hmm. and that. I couldn't possibly do do some of these these projects that I have coming up while still dancing. Yeah. You know, it had something had to give. So that again confirms that it's the right moment to to make that jump. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't feel scared. Um I know it's gonna be hard, I know, you know, there's kind of lots of things to fight, but um and I feel very supported, like so many people watching the shows this week and and, and kind of I feel like people are on my side and believe in, in me, so that is so important. Um, but I yeah, I, I I just think that it it is the right moment and I'm I know I'm going to miss the that family thing, that mm. net of support. You know, going freelance, like you are on your own and yeah. okay, yes, yeah, so if you go and choreograph here or there you depend and out of different families but yeah. you're not um on on that same support net. Um, so I you know yeah. I don't underestimate that and I know I'll miss something too but I'll, I just do feel I have more to give on the other side of things now um mm. so so yeah lots to look forward to, to. time yeah, yeah. Look, lots ahead so you know it'll be things like getting an getting an agent I think I'll be getting an agent in London mm-hmm. got a couple of meetings lined up things probably yeah. in the way a few choreographic projects yeah. and then um, we'll yeah we'll just see see what the next year cold and beyond
1: well we certainly need more female choreographic voices um, within the industry so I think everyone will be as you say cheering for you and and, you know supporting your um, Mm. your roles going forward because we do need you know a greater diversity of of voices um, within new work so it's great to see another female dancer sort of as you say taking that jump um, Mm. into moving into the choreographic and the artistic director realm so yeah mm.
0: and and i you know it's it's such a funny one this because i feel you know so passionate but at the same time i don't ever feel like i've been discriminated against I, and also i yes, i hope course, that yeah. i've also got my opportunities because of the work absolutely not just because i'm female no absolutely it's kind of this double-edged sword yeah too. but at the same time it's so important to kind of fly the flag and and you know when people go, oh my gosh, I really look up to you, and do this, that that's really amazing. That, that and, and I am you know very kind of proud in that sense to fly that flag and, and you know kind of push towards you know readdressing that balance um, and you know just give you know, gives them in the confidence in the in the. Um, yeah just yeah Yeah. the confidence to be able to pursue and push and you know we can we have to we have so much to offer and different things and different courses and and um yeah it's it's really important and now now really is the moment things are changing
1: so absolutely um i couldn't agree more um but clearly you know your your choreography is resonating with so many people it is Clearly, you know, you're a talented choreographer first and a female choreographer as well, mm-hmm. you know, that double-edged sword. But you mentioned there about, um, you know, being a, someone that, um, others can look up to in terms of, well, this is what is possible. Um, and this is why I love having, um, wonderful artists, artists like yourself to talk to so others can see your journey and to, you know, be inspired to think, well, maybe I could have that um, career, I could yeah. think about doing this. What adi- so funny. That, Oh, no, yeah. was, no, no, go. I was just going to ask a question, but I'll wait. Yeah,
0: I was just going to say, it's so funny because especially revisiting and working with these youth companies again, I'm still that other person, really. Um, I'm, I <laughs> I still kind of feel like I'm the person looking up To you know, there were such key people that, like, along my way, and it's so bizarre that now somehow these things are coming full circle, and actually, I'm, I'm the one there. Mm. (laughs) You know, but uh, as I say that those role models are so important um, I mean, but yeah I, I still feel like I'm that little girl that's really excited and, and infused and just wants to <laughs> make the most of everything so it's kind of funny but yeah feeling lots of full circle moments yeah. at, at present so yeah. Well,
1: well the question I wanted to ask um, my final question is um, in that sort of role model and that full circle um, experience what advice would you give to other aspiring dancers who um, are, who listen to your story and think, you know, I, that inspires me so much? What what do you have advice that you would share to others who'd like to follow in your mm. footsteps?
0: I think, for me, what's been so important is just grabbing every opportunity that's there yeah. um, and having that confidence and positive feedback through my development, I think, as meant that i've been able to do that um i think also especially my time the last year i've really just tried to enjoy and make the most of everything because it is a short career you're very lucky you know no matter how far you get um so i think it's kind of shifted my perspective you know when you know something's coming to an end or it's a chapter coming to an end you you make the most of it more because you know it's not going to be mm. there and I think that's so important because it's such a you know intense gruelling incredible but exhausting mm-hmm. um journey to go on you know through training and and you know obviously then you're on an, another new journey when you join company because changes again but I just think to enjoy it and I think the, because ballet is so hard the moment that tips mm. and, and you're not enjoying it anymore I think you have to be really careful um, because you, we have to give so much of ourselves in this profession you have to be so passionate and yeah you do you really put yourself into the work you can't just you know be a robot and do it yeah. you have to really invest and, and because it requires so much but I think that has to be remembered and you have to retain yourself within that. Um, I think that's, that's the advice I would give is, you know, hold advice. on to your perspective, hold on to yourself and make sure you enjoy it yeah. because it's too hard if you don't enjoy <laughs> it. It's, it's got to be worth it.
1: And I think your words about grabbing every opportunity and making the most of every moment and enjoying every moment is just you know, wonderful advice. I feel inspired. Thank you so much for chatting to us, chatting to me today and to, for everyone. So uh, just for um, listeners, uh, if you'd like to learn more about um, Ruth and also to follow Ruth, um, check out her website, ruthbrill.com. She's also on Instagram, ruthbrill. sorry, Instagram, ruth.brill. And if you want to see the work that's on Saddle as well, go to their website, check out National Youth Ballet and the London Children's Ballet websites as well for the dates for the the works that are coming up um, over the next few months. Thank you so much, Ruth.
0: Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.